Welcome to Two Pizza Marketing, the podcast for small team marketers with hosts Melissa Moody and Ashley McGovern. You might have heard about the Two Pizza Rule, which says the most agile, effective team meetings are ones that are small enough to only need two pizzas for the meeting. Let's get into the marvelous mess that is Two Pizza Marketing. Welcome, welcome. We are on season three of Two Pizza Marketing, y'all. And I am so excited for today's conversation because I have Tara Robertson here with me. She is the head of Demand Gen at Chili Piper, and she is the host of Demand Gen Chat at Chili Piper. And today's even special too, because she's the third Chili Piper we've had on Two Pizza Marketing. So that's kind of fun little stat there. But welcome, Tara. Will you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Ashley. We'll have to figure out who can join you next season. For yeah. season four. I need to keep it going, keep our streak. So I'm a B2B marketer based in Toronto, and I've been in all types of different marketing roles, mostly on the B2B space for about 10 years now. And I head up Demand Gen at Chili Piper. Yes. Okay. So tell me, walk me back just a little bit. What were you mm-hmm. doing before Chili Piper? Sure. So right before this, I actually took a role outside of B2B. I was at a company called Top Hat that's based here in Toronto and we were selling to the higher ed space. So I was still in a demand gen kind of performance marketing, growth marketing role, but very different audience. So we sold to college administrators and professors. Well, again, I'm so excited to have you here. Tara and I actually met for the first time in person at Marketing Land and we ended up hanging out all night. We, We ended up going out to the bars with some of the work re- work week crew, which was a blast. So I'm excited that we got to catch up a little bit on that. But t- for today's conversation, I asked Tara to come on the podcast so we could deep dive on the sauce, which is Chili Piper's newsletter with over 21,000 marketers having subscribed to it. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Then we'll get into a email newsletter marketing mess that Tara will share. And then we'll wrap up with the usual, what is your favorite tool that you could not live without? So without further ado, Tara, will you just tell a little bit more about the sauce and like what specifically you talk about in that newsletter? Sure. Yeah. So the sauce has been around, it predates me actually Piper. So I can't take credit for the name, unfortunately, but I love (laughs) it. And it was a monthly newsletter that we've been sending for about four years now pretty simple. We send it right out of HubSpot where we collect subscribers as well. And it's really the goal of it is we don't really believe in email nurture at Chili Piper. So we don't force people to get nurture emails from us, depending on what content they consume. We just give them everything in just once a month. So it's everything from what events are coming up, where you can join us for things like happy hours. If you're going to an event like marketing land that we're at, We also have obviously some of our content that was released in the last month. So usually that'll be an episode of our podcast demand gen chat that we want to highlight. Sometimes we'll have a blog post or a post by one of our co-founders that we want to highlight. And then we also feature just kind of trends and interesting things in the industry. So I keep tabs mostly on LinkedIn, also on Twitter and a couple of other channels. I just have kind of a running list of links throughout the month and whatever I think stood out was interesting kind of all the fun collection of things that I find in the marketing space. I try to put that in there as well. And then we also have a version of the newsletter that's specific to customers. So that also has a lot of the same content, but we'll have super in-depth product updates and things that only customers would care about. So we segment the two lists that way. 
it's very conversational because I've been subscribed now for a couple of years and I don't know if I've shared this with you, but I built our newsletter at Reallink. It's called The Real because it's a video technology solution specific to multifamily. But um, I built it based off of kind of the template that you've been running with because I've always admired the content in your newsletters because it's so conversational. I don't know if you knew that story. <laughs> that's so nice to hear. No, I didn't. That's really nice. I feel that's so flattering. <laughs> I love to hear that. Yeah. Email writing is my absolute favorite function of marketing. So another another reason that I wanted you to come on the podcast to share more about the sauce. So I mentioned that you have over 21,000 marketers who subscribe to the sauce. When did you guys see kind of like that growth, that spike in subscribers? Sure. So I joined Chili Piper about two years ago. And before that, Demandjin had just been one person. Some of your listeners probably know her, but Kaylee Edmondson had been running Demandjin. And she did everything from paid, running the podcast, the newsletter. And the newsletter was very much something that she knew we should do, but it wasn't her passion necessarily. So I, again, like you, I love email. So I kind of put my hand up and said, I want to run with this. And at the time we had, I want to say around six or 7,000 subscribers. And that was around two and a half years ago. So that was really my focus for the first few months was how do we, I don't want to say templatize because that sounds boring, but in the past, it was kind of just a free for all of whatever we felt like including. And I kind of nailed down that template to make it a little more streamlined every month. That was a big focus for me is figuring out what content we should feature, what it should look like so that people knew what to expect every month instead of just getting kind of a random collection of things mm -hmm. in their inbox. So do you think the growth came from not necessarily templatizing it, but building more of like a brand around the specific newsletter and having more of a structure to the copy? I'm definitely, I think that helps with consistency for growing the list itself. I did a ton of experimentation, which was really fun uh, to do. So one thing that we, I kind of had a hunch that people that subscribe to newsletters would want more newsletters because I'm like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we actually took out ads in small kind of independent marketer newsletters. And we use those ads instead of to promote Chili Piper, we promoted our newsletter in those newsletter ads, which is very meta, but that was where the big bulk of our subscribers came from. So we were actually for marketing millennials newsletter. We were their first sponsor because we saw what Daniel was doing. We saw the growth that he had. And we, I just knew we had to get on that and get in front of his audience. Oh, that's interesting. So ad spots and other newsletters really helped your growth. Um, would you say there's anything else that you guys did in the lines with like paid ads? Yeah. On the paid side, we played around with lead gen forms on LinkedIn and Facebook. We were using metadata at the time to build our B2B audiences. So we knew we were targeting the right people on Facebook as well. So that was one. And then on the organic side, we did some things that were kind of small scale, but they really do add up. So just one small example is in my LinkedIn bio, my link in bio is a link to subscribe to the newsletter. So obviously it's not going to drive thousands and thousands, but it's driven over a hundred subscribers for literally free. So, yeah, that's awesome. With organic reach, cause I probably want to stay there because our audience, they might not have large budgets for like paid ad initiatives. So on the organic side, I really like that tip. Would you recommend anything else for those that are trying to grow their own newsletter? Definitely. So on the organic side, one thing that we didn't do a great job of in the past is 
we kind of have one main offer at Chili Piper and that's book a demo, but not everybody that comes to your website wants to do that right away. So we went through and figured out where would it make sense to plug the newsletter versus book a demo because we don't want to scare people off if they're not at that step yet. So you'll see if you go to our blog, any of our content, the main offer is subscribe to the newsletter because obviously that converts Mm -hmm. much higher. And then we also did that across organic channels as well. So if you check out our YouTube, we put a ton of video content out and the main call to action and all of that is always subscribing to the newsletter as well. So again, it's small views of 50 views here, hundred views there, but it compounds when you're talking free signups. Sure. Yeah. It definitely adds up. I like using it as an offer. Yeah. I would also look at streamlining just what the signup process looks like in general. So a lot of companies I'll go to sign up for their newsletter and they'll want to know like five things about me, but really all you probably need is an email. So I would just try to keep that as streamlined as you can too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you ever have people respond to your newsletters? Not necessarily every single month where we get a lot of responses, which I was pretty surprised by this actually is our welcome email. So when people sign up for the first time, we have a pretty, I don't want to say personalized, but it's, it's written in my voice. Obviously I wrote it, but it sounds like me. And it's basically thanking them and asking like, Hey, why did you sign up? What can I help with? What do you want to learn? And we get so many responses to that, which obviously is great for deliverability, but it also is just interesting to see what people say, what they want to learn. Yeah. I asked that because I've been getting a lot of responses lately to our newsletter. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of it has to do with me writing in my voice and I ask a lot of questions. And then the reason that I want that to happen is because it helps our deliverability to make sure that we don't go into spam. But that's funny. You mentioned the welcome email because I just optimized that because I think Mm -hmm. it was like a year and a half ago or something when I first wrote it this time around. I've been getting more responses because I've asked a question, but then I've listed out like an A, B, C, and D option for them to respond to tell me why they signed up. So I'll just get a response because I made it as easy as possible for them to respond like C or something like that. And that's helped us kind of identify why people are subscribing to our newsletter. Mm, that's so smart. So people just respond with literally a letter. And they don't yeah. To <laughs> yeah. Too much. <laughs> that's smart. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. I'm trying to just help streamline the process in general. And like the less that they have to think about it, the easier uh, we're finding with our responses. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So something that you had mentioned was that you guys don't believe in email nurturing. That's interesting to me. It kind of reminds me of Dave Gearhart when he was at Privy. They had like a point of view where they didn't believe in like lead forms there. Mm -hmm. So I really like this. Um, So you don't do any like marketing nurture emails. Do you just have the newsletter or do you have product emails or like, how do you guys think about email writing in general? Yeah, that's a great question. So for us, when I say email nurture, I'm more talking prospect side. So we do communicate with customers really regularly. If we have new updates, even events, we want to invite them to that kind of thing. We talk to our customers all the time, but on the prospect side, I've just, I've experimented with this so much in other roles and I just don't believe in it myself now, but I've literally never gotten a nurture email that pushed me to buy something that I wasn't already sold on. I'm just Mm -hmm. not a believer in it. I think it's very (laughs) different on the outbound side where you can get super personalized and targeted to who you're talking to and the context that you see on their LinkedIn profile and all their other networks that they're posting on. Mm -hmm. But when it's just, Hey, first name, I saw you read this ebook here's the next step. I'm just not a believer in that style Mm -hmm. of nurture. Yeah. 
I'm with you. I think as the industry evolves, we're kind of seeing that more and more where like if someone just downloads an ebook, they're not ready for a demo. The intention behind them downloading that ebook does not equate to them wanting to buy from you. Definitely. And I think there are some exceptions. Like I know some marketer friends that have a PLG motion or a freemium version. They've seen a ton of success with nurture. We don't have that just yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe in the future we will. But for now, it just doesn't make sense to us to always be pushing for that demo request to people that are just trying to get good content or find out about our events. Mm-hmm, definitely. Going back to the newsletter, I didn't even ask this question. I think this was before your time, but how did you guys come up with the name? That's a great question. I don't know who it was that came up with it. <laughs> I'll have to ask her now. <laughs> I mean, I love it. It makes total sense. Yeah, it's definitely been a fun brand to play around with and having co-founders that are willing to let us try crazy things and do whatever we think will get attention has just made our job as marketers so much more fun. So. I'm really thankful for that. Yes. My final questions when it comes to just newsletter writing, for those that are maybe trying to build out their own newsletter for their company, let's say like they're on like step number one, what would you recommend they do first? I would take some time and see what else, kind of what your competition is or what your competition's doing in the space. Not even necessarily, I mean, in some spaces your competition won't be doing newsletters, but find out what your prospects and customers do have in their inbox. What are they subscribing to? What are they interested in? Even if it's outside of your exact industry and try to figure out if you can either find a niche. So something that they're not getting right now that they might be looking for, Mm -hmm. or if there's a way that you can do kind of like a roundup of what they're already getting and make it just succinct and to the point so that you can make it digestible Mm -hmm. for them and try to kind of figure out what that, what, what gap are you filling in their inbox? I guess is another way to put that. Yeah. That's a good thought because nobody just needs another email. They have to want to subscribe to your newsletter and keeping in mind what competitors are doing or who your target audience is, is definitely a first step I would take. Yeah. And if you can, I would spend some time either talking to customers yourself, or if you have a sales team, account management team that talks to customers, just ask them like, what do you read every day? What podcast do you listen to? What news is important to you? And try to get a sense for just all the types of content that they're interested mm-hmm. in every single day. Definitely. All right. Well, let's transition now to your marketing mess. Will you tell our listeners a little bit more about your specific mess? Sure. So I, it's funny because I feel like to some people, this would be a mess. To me, it was kind of a screw up, but I guess <laughs> it's a test is another way of putting it. But so when I, I think I mentioned earlier that when I first took over the newsletter, I was super excited about it. I'm a big newsletter fan. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just pumped to take it over. And one thing that I thought was, well, now that I have more time to focus on this, why not just send it more than once a month? So we were doing once a month and I experimented with sending our newsletter out twice a month. So different content, but just more frequency essentially. But our unsubscribes were horrible. (laughs) We lost quite a few people. And I think looking back, it was just that, again, our offer didn't match what people expected. So we said, we're going to email you once a month. And if you look at our subscription page, it's very clear, like, we won't spam you just once a month. Mm. And I wanted to experiment with, well, our engagement is great once a month. So let's try doubling the frequency. Mm-hmm. And it, it really backfired. We tried it a couple months. I think maybe three, I tried it three months just to see if it had been a fluke. 
mm-hmm. but yeah, it was a big mistake. Cause I lost subscribers that you can't get back now. <laughs> Do you um, think it was just because they were hearing from you guys too often or what specifically do you think the cause was? That's my hunch is that we just weren't delivering on what we said mm-hmm. we would give them or the frequency mm-hmm. that we promised them. So that was my hunch, but it's tough with unsubscribes because you technically can't, I mean, you can ask, but it's pretty rare that people are going to be upfront with you about why you lost them. So that's true. That's true. I do feel like marketers, we have to test these things to figure it out. So I think that's, yeah, okay. and that's why I'm, I'm almost hesitant to call it a mess. Cause again, like we cannot, we can justify a lot with saying it's a test, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it definitely was a flop. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend doing that without making sure that your audience wants it. Okay. Well, Let's go ahead and transition to our final segment, which is the tool that you cannot live without. Will you describe it to me? Okay. I'm curious about this, if you're going to get this one, because you've had other Pipers on the podcast. (laughs) So we're a fully distributed team across almost every single time zone, and we often work async. So this is a tool that I use to not just keep myself organized, but also know where everybody else's work is at and okay. where people are stuck, where the roadblocks are. So like a project management tool? Yeah. Is it a sauna? It is. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a good guess. There's so many in this space. There are. I use Asana right now, but I've used ClickUp mm-hmm. and then I haven't used Monday.com, but I know that's a big one too. Yeah. I think they're more enterprise from what I've heard. Everyone I know that uses Got them it. is pretty giant team. Yeah. How big is your team? I meant to ask you that. On just the marketing team or should mm-hmm. I think yeah. the marketing team is eight people right now. Do you guys have, who's, who does content marketing over there? Or is that you? That's me, right? Okay. <laughs> I You're wear doing a few hats. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We that. also have, we, we all kind of help. I mean, you've had Nolan on the podcast, so you know that he doesn't just do video production. He's also creative. And then we have someone on the product marketing team, Madeline, who formerly was on the content team. So it's not just me alone, but there's no one full-time doing content right now. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Marketers wearing mini hats, the premise of this podcast, (laughs) everyone wears mini hats. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we're coming up on time. Will you share how our listeners can find you? Sure. Yeah. I'd love to connect with your listeners on LinkedIn. Also, I'm in your Slack community, Two Pizza Marketers. Yes. And I would love it if anyone wanted to check out my podcast, Demand Gen Chat. I'm always looking for feedback on how to make it better. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Tara. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks for joining us today, Two Pizza Marketers. If you liked the episode, it would mean a lot to us if you take the time to leave a review. And if you have any questions or topics to suggest, we're always happy to hear from you. So send us an email at two. That's the number two, pizza marketers at gmail.com. And until next time, keep having fun and try to stay sane in the marvelous mess that is two pizza marketing.